ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Fisher. George is a sadist. But like any abused child wearing a metal bikini changed to a giant slug about to die, <clears throat> I keep coming back for more. What's deal. the topic? What do you mean, what's just, the topic? I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, here I go. Hey, folks, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Valley Naval Gazing slash Mobile Horror Companions slash Two Dudes Talking Disney. I, there's so many things happening on this podcast tonight. I think it's December 27th, right? Am I right? Does somebody help me out. Is it December yes, 27th? Close enough. December 27th, yeah. As a, and I'm on vacation for uh, valleyindie.org. But I do this other podcast where we talk about horror movies uh, every week. And when I'm on vacation, I like to combine them all together. But So we're not going to be talking about local news. We're not going to be talking about even horror movies. We're going to be talking about Rogue One, the latest movie in the Star Wars franchise. And I guess right off the bat, I should introduce my co-host of the Mobile Horror Companion, uh, makeup, gore makeup effects extraordinaire type guy, Mr. Brian Spears. What's up, Brian? Hello, hello. Brian is, and we were doing a video chat. Brian is huddled. He looks like uh, he's waiting for the bombs to drop wherever he is. I'm, I'm, I'm mourning today in the loss of Princess Leia. I'm sorry, guys. Spoiler alert for anybody out there. I think yeah. we all, we, yeah. I think we all are. Right. So, all right. So that's uh, the, the, the person you just heard is uh, if you're if you're listening locally in the lower Naugatuck Valley of Connecticut, he's familiar to you. If you're not, his name is Dave Leonard and he's 50 percent of Two Dudes Talking Disney, a uh, podcast. Dave's a Disney fanatic, specifically the, the theme parks. I'm, a, I'm, I'm surprised we even got him on this podcast because he's not in Florida or California or wherever checking out a, a, a Disney park. So, uh, Dave Leonard of Two Dudes Talking Disney of Derby, Connecticut, welcome to this weird podcast. Thank you very much, Eugene. Uh, you're welcome very much. Uh, then up next, we have a writer, producer, director, independent <laughs> filmmaker, Mr. Glenn Baisley of Light and Dark Productions. Productions, And you can find him online at lightanddark.net. Glenn, welcome back. Hello. Thanks. Thank you guys. You guys are really bringing your A game. Thanks for your enthusiasm. <laughs> this is really, this I'm is great for me. Because Carrie Fisher's passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. All right. We'll get to it. We'll get. Let me just. All right. Now, Mike Lane. <laughs> Mike Lane is also. Mike Lane was just on a recent uh, podcast with Brian and I that we did uh, for the Mobile Horror Companion, and now he's back. And if you want to follow Mike Lane, get a Twitter account. Go to Mike Lane Act. That's Mike Lane spelled as it sounds. A C T. Hello, Mike Lane. Hello, Eugene. Thanks for having me, man. I can't wait to talk about Rogue One, Daddy. Unfortunately, Mike is unable to join us for the rest of the podcast. I'm now <laughs> switching him off. Uh, all right, so let's talk I'm about excited. it. December 27th, 2016. As if 2016 wasn't bad enough. This morning, we learned we lost Carrie Fisher. Uh, she'll be opening she, uh, this podcast, actually, a recording of her. Not that I had interviewed her. Uh, talking about George Lucas. 
at uh, American Film Institute uh, Awards a couple of years ago. I, I cribbed some audio, so people are going to hear that uh, already. So I guess let's just talk. I mean, Carrie Fisher was Princess Leia uh, in the Blues Brothers. You know, it's another one that, uh, that, that, that I know her from. It was like a, a staple in my house growing up, Star Wars and the Blues Brothers. And then, you know, she did a lot of cocaine. We can't uh, let out the fact, you know, or admit the fact that she had uh, a pretty serious. She was in the Blues Brothers. Enough said. Yeah, no. I, apparently that was part of the casting call, right? Like, how much cocaine can you consume? She dated Dan Aykroyd. Uh, uh, you know, was she was married to Paul Simon briefly. She, she was married to Paul Simon. Uh, had uh, sex with Harrison Ford. Grease is cool. What's Eddie? You know, what's amazing about Carrie Fisher is how you know she was she was Princess Leia no matter what. Uh, but then later in life, she became like this Mark Twain like figure with her one woman shows. Uh, you know, she was on Twitter a lot and really just a really good writer. It turned out, and I think like she said a couple of years ago, I think it was she said that age and beauty uh, does not equal talent, which was uh, you know good for her. You know, she was a badass. So, you guys have any thoughts? What, what, what was your what's your summation of the life and work of uh, Carrie Fisher? Um, what stood out to me, and I just read this recently because there are so many tributes on Facebook, was how she dealt with mental illness because she had a lot of mental illness, and instead of hiding in the corner, which a lot of people with mental illness can do, she was just she faced it head on and let and let people know about it, and she wrote about it and she spoke about it. And um, more than any character she played, I, I would hope that's that's a lasting memory of hers. What, um, was, her, what was her greatest moment on film, guys? Oh, the locust scene in Blues Brothers. The what? The locust scene where, where she's uh, oh. underneath the bridge. Underneath the bridge. And, oh, yeah, with the uh, M16. I was going to say uh, in the Blues Brothers where she blows up. She's got the bazooka from across the street and blows them up. I, that was mine. But Dave's I, actually, uh, I, I think I know I what Dave's going to say. Actually, I was a fan of her in the Burbs with Tom Hanks. She oh, was, um, I, I was you stole mine. Yeah, yes, she was. Uh, she, I liked her. As a matter of fact, I watched it the other morning. That was a, uh, you know, an underrated. You know, this is Tom Hanks before he was serious Tom Hanks. And but, uh, got, I that, was, I was a fan of her in that. The Burbs has a crazy cult following now. That's yeah. one of those. I mean, I saw it once. I've never seen it again. But like we, the, the rest of us here, Dave, go to. I know you go to comic book conventions. A lot of guys uh, in the panel here, we go to uh, horror conventions. And the Burbs is one uh, people like Bruce Dern has started making appearances at horror conventions. And really, the Burbs <laughs> is what everyone wants to talk to him about. Am I right, guys? Yes. All right. But anybody I will else? Also, I will ahead. also say this about uh, Prince. Uh, well, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. I mean, let's be honest. We're uh, five dudes, you know, nine o'clock at night on a podcast. I mean, I think she had a lot more to do with our uh, growing up than we want to probably mention on here. But, you know, I mean, let's be told, you know, she was courageous. She was a great woman. But, I mean, I'm sure she's the first woman we all thought of. Yeah. I mean, especially the metal bikini. I mean, you know. The irony, too, about that is that when Disney bought the franchise, one of the first things that they started to squash was uh, people doing reproductions or putting out new likenesses of her in the bikini because now they're going towards this whole feminist movement and they don't want to have the Princess Leia bikini out there anymore. And I know Carrie Fisher said for years she's hated that because that's what she was known for. But I'm like, you know, it's a part of the movie. Just embrace it. It's, you know. 
In the context of the movie, you can understand why she was in the middle bikini. Jabba the Hutt was a disgusting character who kept her as a sex slave. One of my favorite Carrie Fisher moments on film was probably when she, even though she used like this weird British accent that never matched any of the other time she was in the, the Star Wars saga, but standing up for Tarkin and then her her arguments with uh, with Han was really good. And then I really liked her in Austin Powers because she played the the straight person in the argument between Dr. Evil and his son. And she's just sitting there probably trying not to laugh on that scene. And I thought it was um it was really good acting. And then she was great in When Harry Met Sally as well as, as the friend. Hell of an actor. I'll tell you, you talk about things taking a turn, though. I just saw Wonderland for the first time the other night. And I think that movie is, what, about nine, ten years old? Wait, what's Wonderland? The uh, the, That's the John, John, John Holmes one? The John Holmes one, yeah. Val Kilmer? And she's in there. She, oh, yeah. you know, she, she she's, she's got a small role in, in, in that. Um, you know, plays like a very religious character that takes in John Holmes' girlfriend. And then when she realizes, you know, John Holmes comes in and has sex with his girlfriend in her bathroom. She freaks out. But anyway, you look at her then and the differences in what, nine, ten years and just the way she looks and man, what a, there was definitely a change. You know, she looked really pretty good for her age nine, ten years ago, and you could just see a big change in the last nine, ten years. You know, which leads me to to bring something up about the movie. Can I now, just interrupt? Key- Let me interrupt for yeah. one second. I just want to say that Glenn, since we started recording this, you look a lot worse in the last five minutes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but well, no. I'm, the point I'm trying to make, though, is you know, I, as the big nerd, and I read up everything, you know, every little nugget I can about these movies out there. You know, one of the biggest why there's a bazillion rumors out there about Episode Eight, the next Star Wars movie that she's in, will now be the last one. What one of the biggest rumors was is there's a possibility that you know Leia gets sick or wounded. So now my speculation, now I'm just wondering, I'm like, wow, was maybe behind the scenes, maybe was there something going on? And that was the first sort of step in kind of writing her character out. But it's going to be interesting in general to see how they handle that movie, whether or not. Are you saying she was like, uh, they had a hit out on her? No, 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 what I'm saying is, was she sick behind the scenes (laughs) and that they just happened to put that? It it seems like a big coincidence. If that proves to be true, the rumor that she's sick or wounded in the movie it's an awful big coincidence that now, you know, here she has passed away. Did they know something? Was she, did she have some health issues? You know, perhaps that, that they, I would hope they script. wanted the story to expand to a new generation with new characters. Not that they tried to kill her as your theory is. Told. No, I didn't say some they the... killed her. I'm saying that maybe it was put in there as a safeguard in case something happened. All right. Let Dave speak. He has, he was trying to say, I, was saying, I know, I do know that some of the early, like you say, leaked uh, episode eight things was that she was going to be seriously injured and incapacitated. Uh, so again, I, I would say maybe, you know, her, I mean, years of hard drug use, alcohol abuse, it, it takes you toll. And I mean, you know, although going back to the topic of rogue one, you know, seeing it the other day, I mean, she looked pretty good in rogue one. So I, you know, <laughs> kind of shocked that she just dropped dead, you know, just, just this close after it came out. Peter Cushing still alive. All right, so that that's uh, that's Carrie Fisher. So let's get to the topic at hand. You know, uh, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Uh, you know, an, an icon. Uh, but l- Rogue One. Uh, maybe the first thing we'll do to sort of introduce this is uh, I'll give you guys a, a second to think about it. But let's rate the movie out of five stars. You know, five being the highest. And accordingly, adjust accordingly. So, Brian, you saw it today. I think with what? Your, did you take both your uh, niece and nephew? I went nephew? with my entire... My brother didn't have to work today, so he went. My sister-in-law went. And my three-year-old nephew, which might not have been the greatest idea. Yeah. 
and uh, my 10-year-old niece. All right. So out of five stars, how many stars are you giving Rogue One? A Star Wars story. I think a three right now. A three. Okay. Dave Leonard, you saw it. Before it opened, right? Like you texted me, like from the theater or something like that. Yeah, we went uh, Thursday night, seven o'clock, as with all new Star Wars movies. Me, my father, my brother, uh, and Buddy, one of the guys from the Firehouse and Derby. He's my he's my Star Wars sidekick. Uh, I, I I don't think I could rate it on a on a scale of stars. I like rating it and putting it in place of the other Star Wars movies. Uh, all right, you know, you're contrarian. Obvi- yes, obviously better than well, the, anyone the could have done that. <laughs> I'll go four. How's that? Four, four and a half. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked it. It was a different feeling than the other Star Wars movies. Wait, wait, uh, don't get, it, don't go too far ahead because let's go back and do but, the star thing, and then we'll come back and expand upon. Sorry. It. Okay, go ahead. That's all right. All right, four. Glenn. Out of now, now th- this is the guy I really got to wrangle. Is Bays <laughs> the Bays here? Glenn. Either four or four and a half. Oh, actually, I'm surprised. How many Thank times, you, Glenn. Glenn, how many times have you seen the movie? Twice in regular good old-fashioned 2D and once in 4DX. Oh, we got to we gotta revisit this. Okay, uh, Mike Lane. 4.5. It's the movie of the year. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. The movie of the year. All movie right, of right. the year. Here we go. Here we go. It, all right. You know I'm... why it's the movie of the year? Because I left it, and it stuck with me. And not too many movies I've seen this year has done that, but Rogue One did. Now, maybe there's some baggage with that because I'm such a big Star Wars fan. Wait, shut up. You're, you're going on. Hold on I'm a sorry. second. You're step- I got I to gotta rate it. Let me rate it. We'll come back to this. All right. Chaos. I do agree. Movie of the year. Thank uh, you, Glenn. I'll agree with him on that. Thank you. Great mind stick alike. I'm going to give it a... <laughs> I'm going to go with Brian. I'm going to give it three stars. I, I, I got to tell you, I was almost going to say two and a half, but I think that's just to be a jerk. Uh... Not All even right. an extra half for so Carrie Fisher. Let's go to let's go to Dave. Let's go to the first guy I cut off, Dave. How do you uh, rate it in the Star Wars, uh, uh, you know, films? I, I mean, I, I don't rate the six films individually. I rate the the prequels, obviously, sub to the first three, the original uh, trilogy, and I I put it in with the original trilogy. I mean, you know, it, it it was the original trilogy. People are asking, like, you know, where does this movie fit into the Star Wars universe? Is it like Episode three and a half? And I tell everyone it's more like episode 3.99. Hmm. Uh, you know, and, it, and, and for those of you who have gone and seen it, go back and watch A New Hope, Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, uh, again, because it, to me, it, it makes the movie have more of an urgency to it. It makes it better. It makes episode four better. Now, better. All right, it's, so Dave, now what about comparing it to last year's? And actually, you were on, you and Glenn were on a podcast I did a year ago for Valley Naval Gazing when uh, uh what, what that other one came out. What, what was it called? Force Awakens. Force, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So do you? Is this better than Force Awakens? I thought it was better than Force Awakens. I agree. All right, let's go to yeah. the bays. Yeah, definitely Glenn, what, better what than Force your, Awakens. Better than the definitely better. Like no compare. Yeah. Like head and shoulders yeah. better. Head like, and shoulders better. It's definitely yes. a whole nother level above Force like, Awakens. Like compared with like Jaws compared to Jaws 3D. The, with, the first thing when I walked out that I thought of is it felt authentic. Let me just interrupt. I, I should just say uh, uh, that uh, Brian Spears is giving Glenn the middle finger as he talks. I totally I, disagree uh, with this. No, I, mean, all right, but all I, right. I felt that it, the new Force Awakens I enjoyed, really loved the movie. But when I look at it in comparison to this one, this one felt authentic. It feels like in some ways 
if you added some film grain to it, it could have been shot back in, in the day, whereas Force Awakens felt like a modern movie. All right, Mike Lane, what are you, you started to share your thoughts, Mike, and I, and I rudely cut you off, so go ahead. Uh, rank it along with the other movies? You mean? Yeah, I don't. What do you want from me? Like, whatever, uh, whatever I said. Aren't you taking yeah. notes? Yeah, <laughs> well, rank it. I, I, tell I, me I'm, your reaction to the movie. Is it better than uh, the Force Awakens? And yeah, where does it rank in the whole? Whatever you want to talk about. Don't guys, don't feel compelled to follow my questions. Oh, okay. Whatever. Um, I still have to process it, but but right what? now. Wait, what do you mean better. you got to process it? I have what? to process it. Like, you just it, walk it, out of the theater. I know. That's why you see it three to five times at least. It's not, <laughs> there are different emotions you go at least different emotions I go through it's when not I see Fellini. it. Like it's 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 what I feel right after I've seen it. Lane's and high. Then how I feel a couple of days later. So okay. um it's been what? I don't know, like a week and a half. But um but right now, and then I'll have to watch the other ones, but right now it's better than The Force Awakens, and it might be better than Return of the Jedi. I have to I have to watch Ooh. them again and compare. I'd have to chime in and say I definitely think it's better than Jedi. I think it's almost on par with A New Hope, and it's Empire's still the best. Wow, yeah. it's nothing's better than Empire. Wait, and Dave, did you dodge that question when we asked you where it ranks? I, I said I I put it with the original trilogy. I view them as as one. Uh, I, I don't like separating. Just editor's note here. I'm looking out my uh, window across the Naugatuck or Housatonic River to Shelton's Route 110. Uh, Dave, there's emergency lights of some kind across the way. Just so you know. All right. Okay, thank you. No problem. <laughs> All right, now let's go to this Spears guy. Well, what about, yeah, like, yeah. All right, first off. <laughs> Stewing. Yeah. It was a good movie. It's not the best movie of the year. These guys, like, go see real movies. All right, guys? Go, like, movie of the year. You know. I stick with it. And here's I the other thing. That. Wait, wait, wait. I'll one at a time. This. One at a time. It's still a good movie. I'll say, I, the, the way I feel about Force Awakens is there was so much more nostalgia to that. It really... I don't know. I love that movie. I thought it was great. It really like inspired me inside. It made me feel happy. This one, I knew how it was going to end. While it still was compelling, I, you know, I didn't find it as fun. I did not find it as fun. And it just didn't, I don't know. It, it felt Star Warsy. But I mean, The Force Awakens, I just pulled, it pulled at my heartstrings more. Mm. Yeah, but we knew how the prequels were going to end too. But, and this is a thousand. Yeah, I don't count. I never even seen all the prequels, guys. I mean, they're not even lucky. They're you. not good movies. I, Brian, you're right about it not being fun, and that's probably. But, why but Mike, I, let me just say this. What yeah. I'll say is, my final thought on this is: The Force Awakens. The more I watched it, the more it like, all right, it's not that great of a movie. It was that first initial movie I saw. So, like, how Mike Lee needs a stew. Mm -hmm. I'm saying maybe if I see Force Awakens now, listen. I've got a job and I've got a life and I've got things to do. I'm not going to go to the theater again. The last movie I saw in the theater was the last Star Wars movie. Jeez, what a total so insult like, to the base. Well, I mean, come on. He just goes, to, you know, I do things, you know? That's not true. So, like, I'm not going to go see it. But once it comes out again, wherever the formats are, when I can watch it again, I'll probably like that movie more upon viewing it. Whereas The Force Awakens like, loses the nostalgia feeling. This, I think, will gain it the more I watch it. But I'm not going to go to a movie like 90 times to watch that, to have that happen. I agree with Brian when he says that it, it wasn't a fun movie, and that's probably why I liked it so much. It wasn't a fun movie. This was an adult version of Star Wars. This was dark. This was bleak. And it actually it actually told what, what a war really is. And the original trilogy, as great as that is, the good guys did good things, and the bad guys did bad things. In Rogue One, 
the good guys do bad things in order to further the greater good. And that's what real war is like. And I think that's why it, it stuck with me so much. It yeah, it was surprising area. that they took um, some liberties. And, you know, opening scene when you have Cassian, he, you know, kills the informant because he gets nervous that the guy's, you know, going to be left behind and unveil what, you know, the plans that they have. All right, let me ask you a question. Set in motion. And this is, of course, we'll put the same thing up. Han Solo would have done. That's all. I'm sorry. But wait a second. Because that, that. I don't think Han Solo would have done that. I was confused by that. He shot, he shot Greedo yeah. first. Yeah, but Greedo was a pure bad guy. You don't know that. Greedo wasn't like, that he was bad. At a bar? He was kind of cute. Yeah, he was just trying to work. Greedo yeah, was like dog the bounty yeah, Glenn, Wait, stop your. Cute. Hold on. That was me. Back to that? that was me. But Glenn, what's with your <laughs> Greedo disturbing. bias? Just because he, he looks. <laughs> he was there. He, look, guys, he's he's trying to earn a living. Gangster there to kill Han. But wait, let, let me just ask you though, because I was confused by that part uh, when uh, what's his name, the uh, the kid from uh, what he what did he make? Uh, e two Tambien. What, yeah, what was his? Yeah. yeah, that guy. Diego Luna. That guy. Uh, yeah. When he shoots that guy, I was like, "What?" That that threw me for a loop. The I guy, thought, yeah, wait, "Hold on, Glenn. Glenn let me just, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. I'm okay. gonna reach through the screen and slap you. Let me, <laughs> give me a second. Go ahead. I was under the impression that the uh, informant had actually brought those stormtroopers. That's why they were closing in on him, and that's why he killed him because that guy was a traitor. No, Am I wrong? No, 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 no. He he just killed him to to prevent him from getting back and, and spilling the beans. Right. They had to climb out of that alley, and, and the guy, the guy if you look, the guy was, yeah, he, something with an arm. I, I, I don't know if he was missing the arm or his arm. He said, I can't climb with this, and uh, and that was when he decided it's, you know, it's better off to waste. But, all right, so here's, here, like, my thoughts on uh, uh, Rogue One. I thought the movie was flat. You know, yeah, it was dark, but what really got to me, and, and maybe this is just, I'm really nitpicking, but... When a Star Wars movie begins, I want to hear John Williams' original score, right. and I want to see a scroll. At some point, I mean, they, this movie doesn't have that. Now they did that I, for a reason, and I agree with you. They, and, and, right. and that's just and to me. That's wait, oh, wait, Glenn, just Go ahead. just give me a second. Because you do that, then I don't know what I'm. Now I'm throwing. I don't. What was I going to go ahead, Glenn? They they did that specifically for a reason, and the reason why is they said they want to set these movies as as separate them from the traditional Skywalker saga movies, which is your, you know, now you have seven, it'll be eight, nine, and so they decided they would have a new opening. It would never have the crawl. I, I, it's not the same without the opening crawl. I completely agree with you, and unless you're living in a cave, and you don't realize this isn't one of the regular series movies. I think they should have had the crawl. I think it's not the same without it. So, and I thought there was a bunch of uh, emotional sort of high points in the movie that didn't hit me. I guess like what Brian was saying, it just didn't strike me uh, because it didn't have that music. You know, it just I just thought changing the soundtrack was really distracting to me and and altered the tone of the movie. I also think it had too many characters. Way um, too many. There was just some of these guys were interchangeable. And I thought, I mean, I don't know what the actual, I heard there were reshoots. You know, we all read there were reshoots. I don't follow it close enough to know exactly what they were. But the end of the movie, where all of a sudden the guy from The Night Of, who's a you know, great actor, that was a great, great actor, show, great yeah, show yeah. on pilot, HBO. The pilot, the pilot. The, the pilot. It just yeah. struck me that all of a sudden, what, was he getting noticed off The Night Of and they expanded his part greatly? Because all of a sudden he's got to run around to find some kind of data com, something or other. And like he's looking for a, a Commodore 64 and suddenly he's playing Paperboy. I was confused at that part, uh, and it just was. I just thought there were 
too many characters. And I thought he was sort of interchangeable with the guy from uh, E2 Tambien. Uh, they just seemed, uh, you know, I just was getting lost in, in well, all that, these. And, and then the heroine, what's her name, Glenn? What's her name? Jin Erso. I just was, I was completely, I was completely not involved in her story whatsoever. And I think, I don't know, when I walked out of it, I took my six-year-old and at the end, I mean, Glenn, one thing I'll say, uh, I'm going on a, a tangent here. You know, a year ago, we talked about Rogue One uh, when we had a discussion about the Force Awakens, and you said, well, it's like the Dirty Dozen. You know, I said, the ad it makes it look like it's the Dirty Dozen, and I ripped into you being like, well, that ad does not make it look like... It, you were right. It was like the Dirty Dozen. I mean, the fact that everybody dies. Right. But, so I, I walked... You, you probably should have... You probably should have threw a spoiler alert. It'll be at the top. We'll put it at the top of the episode. <laughs> Carrie Fisher has passed away, and everybody dies in, in Rogue One. But like, walk, walking out of the theater, I, I said to my son, I was like, oh, what'd you think? And uh, He was like, I liked it. I was like, well, what'd you like better? This one of The Force Awakens. And he was like, The Force Awakens. Because it's a better movie. And I looked at it. Was, I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I think so too. And I said, why? Why do you, why do you think The Force Awakens was better? And he's like, it was just, it was more exciting. There was more going on. Yeah, there was more going on and, and at the there, freaking Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. It missed, it, it It lacked some of that. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go the, like, camp or make it, like, sort of a, a lighthearted comedy, but uh, I, it just kind of fell flat for me, uh, which is not to say it's not a good movie. It, you know, it's better than, uh, you know, a lot of the movies I've, I see, but I wasn't, I just, I don't know. I Like, the fact they didn't use the music, that sort of, surmises or summarizes the whole uh, problem I had with the movie. When I was six years old, I liked Return of the Jedi better than Empire Strikes Back. I found Empire Strikes Back slow and, and boring when I was that age. I liked Jedi because probably because it had the Ewoks and because it had more action. But the older I got, the more I appreciated Empire. And and I, I don't know what, what your son is going to be like when he's older, but I think maybe the reason why he liked Force Awakens better, there was just, it was definitely more of a fun movie and there was a lot more action and a lot more things to cheer for. This was nothing that there wasn't that much, to, that much to cheer for. Um, Cause it was bleak. It was dark. The heroes got their asses kicked in this movie. I got to say that you know, I liked, I liked the star Wars. Uh, the empire strikes back is my favorite star Wars flick. I thought the force awakens was better than this. I like, I enjoyed the force awakens more uh, than rogue one. I thought it had a more epic feel uh, you know, and maybe the fact that, you know, I'm waiting for the next one, it builds that, that, that epic part of it. But let, let's talk about, all right, Forrest Whitaker is in the movie. Can I, just, I was going to say, go ahead, Brian. Then I, I just want to say in. one thing about that. They showed too much Darth Vader. What? No. Yeah. What? No. First off, first off, when he comes out at the very end and he's That's swinging, amazing. No, it's not. It could have been in those And it wasn't even as good. It was scarier in Star Wars. Wow. wow. That was phenomenal. No. Scene. Get out of here. Oh. Get, cut him off the podcast. Well, you guys are also <laughs> the guys that said this is the greatest movie of the year. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, and we're correct in this. You guys haven't seen anything of substance. Okay, okay, wait a second. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the mobile horror. You don't even know what E2 uh, Tambien, man, whatever that movie was that you just saw. E2 Tambien, and I like that. Okay, wait, okay. This is this is called the mobile horror companion, and that scene with Vader at the end was a horror movie. It oh, come on, terrifying. man. Why do you got to? Oh, come on. It was Hold on. We got to take a break. Hold on, hold on. Start that thought over, because now I gotta, I gotta cut all that out. Without the effing word. Oh, um, oh my God. Okay, sorry. 
All right, this is called the mobile. I, I got excited. Actually, it's not called the mobile horror. It's, we're doing a bunch of different podcasts here. In in one of Eugene's podcasts, it's called the mobile horror companion, and that scene at the end with Vader was horror movie like. It was oh, terrifying. Man. It was great. It was scary. It made Vader scary. He was this I, killer. I, I disagree. I hundred percent with you. It Thank was, you, Dave. I think it was also I think like that, how, how tall wait, was wait, Vader in that? Wait, scene? Brian, let, seven? let 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 Dave speak and then you speak. Right. I think that was the scene every Star Wars fan wanted yes. to see. The moment where Darth Vader unleashed his full dark side and just went on a killing spree. Yep. And I, I I thought that was probably the best scene of the movie is that when he whipped out that lightsaber and you heard him breathing and just started throwing people around, choking them, slashing them. And the rebels. Uh, I just find it hilarious that, you know. Here in this movie, where they have spaceships, they couldn't have emailed it. They had to use a USB. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what uh, what the technology is like there, but you know, I thought that was the scene of the movie. What the I rebels, liked about the, the rebels scene. were a nonprofit. I just want to say, like the Valley Indy, <laughs> the what rebels are nonprofit. Let's, let's just talk about the prequels a second and how much I hate them. Wait, Glenn, Glenn, let me. Can I just share one observation about the yeah. end scene with Darth Vader? And this is another weird one, and I'm going to fully acknowledge it's weird. When Darth Vader starts to, maybe it was like right before, I don't there's one scene where Darth Vader walks forward. And, and I'm a fat man, right? I'm like, it doesn't size, look right. I'm like size 48 jeans. Like, I understand, yeah. like, the way he, his body moves, like, Looks usually. Like he was sashaying. Right. The way his, uh, like, Darth yeah. Vader is usually his, his gut, whatever that is, that red thing, that box he wears, and his belt, yeah. it stays perfectly uh, still because he's got abs of steel. But the right. way Darth Vader walked is like, I'm it like, that looks like. Literally. That looks like. Also, under his helmet, there's a but, big gap. It but it looks look like. Right. But the way he the way he moved, his stuff was moving all over the place. It looked like yeah. me. I was trying to, like, stuff my beer gut into it. I'm like, Darth yeah. Vader got fat? What is going on here? And that, you know, it's another thing. It totally threw me off i was like uh but anyway all right go ahead so so yeah a couple things i want to talk about jumping on on, on you mentioned the, the that you mentioned the first one is that what i liked about that scene is after the disappointment at the end of the prequels where you get finally get vader and it's like no and it was the biggest wasted scene of all time but you know that anakin is aside from being this whiny little piss ant the entire movie you know he's this badass jedi but you never get to see him as vader Knowing the fact that this takes place before the original movie, A New Hope, and that we're probably never going to see Vader again unless they do a stand standalone movie with Vader, it was nice to see Vader in full, you know, full form. It's the Anakin that we should have seen in the prequels as Vader that they were giving, delivering as fan service. Because if you look at the original trilogy, he just kind of walks around like a little, you know, a little bit of fencing with Obi Wan. There's really nothing to it. And to me, it never made sense. I'm like, well, you saw how powerful he was in the prequels. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe he's older. But I, I liked that they actually showed what he could do, and he still had that as Vader. Now, a couple of things you mentioned about the reshoots and about the costume. So being the geek that I am, I've been reading up big time. And from my understanding, don't I don't know if this is 100% true. Don't say don't but, quote me yeah, don't on a podcast. Me, yeah, but I'm not saying that. But... Original Kathleen Kennedy uh, had said that when she saw the original cuts of um, uh, the movie, she's you know saw Vader in a couple of different scenes. She's like, yeah, now there were two th changes they made. One is she felt that it was too dark and they had a little more humor in it because it was too gritty. The other one is, from my understanding, from things I've read on the internet, if they're true, one of the differences or they added in that Vader scene at the end to make 
you know, to it really... made no sense. Well, no, and I, I because because you, Vader didn't have a whole lot to do originally in the, I, from my understanding, in the first draft of the movie. Like, if you go look at the trailers, if you watch all the trailers after we get off the podcast, there's like, watch there's like 45 back, scenes that all didn't make it into the they're, movie. They're, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And one of the big things, the entire ending was originally different. If you look at the earlier trailers, it shows Jin Urso with the Death Star plans running down the beach. That whole ending was completely changed. Hey, let me ask you a question because I was having problems uh, logistically. I thought Darth Vader was going to make an appearance earlier in that climactic battle scene where, uh, what's her name, the boring heroine is trying to do whatever, you know, download AOL. Uh, the uh, where was Darth Vader? I thought Darth Vader was in that tall building hanging out with. No, Ma- he was where- on. He was on Mustafar in his, uh, in his home oh. there. Okay, Dave. The brings, lava Dave the has lava inter- Dave has inadvertently brought up another great point. How many different? I mean, it's like worlds. we're on this planet. Too many worlds. We're on that planet. We're on this planet. Yeah. Now we're on that planet. And, like I, looked, notice, my, my son, like he was so confused. I'm just like, don't worry, Jack. It none of this matters. But you anyway. know what? Oddly enough, they labeled every single planet, including they Yavin did. from the original movie, hey, but they never titled never. Mustafar. Right. Which is where he Weird. died or, or was reborn in like, Revenge of the I, I kind of got that, but it was I guess there was one structure. I thought at the end of the movie, like, oh, the sun came up and now the lava went away or whatever. But I was confused uh, as to that. All right, let's 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 talk about another thing that everyone's talking about. Uh, these, these bringing these dead guys to life. That was, I, I, well, I mean, there was numerous ones in the movie, numerous cameos from other Star Wars characters. Uh, I, 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 for those of you who don't know, and again, being the Star Wars nerd that I am, when they were uh, moping through the Lucasfilm archives, they came across unused footage from A New Hope, especially the Death Star attack scene. So adding in, you know, Red Leader, adding in Gold Leader, I thought that was, uh, those were nice touches because it gives a lot of continuity to the film. Uh, they, they took the part where they they showed Red 5 getting blown up. Uh, so that, that explains why Luke ended up with that call sign. But uh, I, I don't know, the, the Princess Leia at the end was, uh, was pretty spectacular. The, uh, the Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, you could tell, you know, I think as time went on, you could tell that it was CGI, but they, they did bring a lot of I the thought they sh- back from the dead. I thought they should have with Grandma talking because it really got distracting after, you know, after pretty much three lines, he said to me, yeah. they should have kept it where it was his reflection in the window. All right. Because right. I was going to say, always I, I, looked at that window because that looked all right. And the, all right, I didn't know what we were talking about because uh, I'm confused as the character name. I, I you know, actually, I got Peter Cushing. Cushing. Okay, Peter Cushing. 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 Sorry, I, I actually <laughs> never saw Rogue One. This is all a lie. But uh, <laughs> so who? All right, so we had CGI Princess Leia. We yep. had CGI uh, Peter Grand Cushing vampire right. hunter. And now who else was CGI? I know there's like you know the the random people that was the uh, the woman. Uh, in the white, who is like leading the Mon, Moth- Mon Mothma? That's a, no, that's a new well, actress. Yeah. That's a lookalike. But she looked like, all right. See, I, you yeah. know, I. But she I had... was also in one of those prequels, I think. She was in Revenge of the Sith, but her scenes were cut. She's oh, only on the disc. I had problems with the. I had problems with with Peter Cushing. I had problems with cartoon Peter Cushing. I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't I, really think it, it was necessary. <laughs> what what I, I've been learning, what I've been learning about reading up on this is that I never heard this term before: the uncanny valley. Anybody hear of that? No. No. The uncanny valley is the revulsion one feels when they look at a likeness of a human being that isn't exactly right. So what you're feeling by looking at Peter Cushing is called the uncanny valley. And the only reason I know this is because I've been listening, reading reviews and listening to podcasts about Rogue One, and everybody's mentioning the uncanny valley. I so. just thought it, it reminded me of like playing Grand Theft Auto. You know what I mean? He just had yeah. he looked like a computer game. 
So Sorry. I didn't have I didn't have as much issue with some people saying, oh, they thought it was disrespectful, you know, because I, I think it played an intricate part of the plot. It would have been weird not to have Graham off Tarkin in it. Um, as much as I liked the lines of dialogue, I thought made sense. Having him on camera so much, it was a little distracting because, yeah, it, I agree with Brian. It didn't look right. More so, I thought Princess Leia did not look right at no, her all. Her nose was huge. Uh, yeah, her head was, it looked like a giant head. Something was not right with the way they did the CGI. Okay, and then the other thing people are talking about, if you if you go on Reddit and look up Rogue One, uh, the, the, like, the, there was a post plastered across the top of Reddit being like, I'm, I'm so sick of the liberal policies of Hollywood and specifically Rogue One where you have all these ethnic uh, characters and they're probably Islamic and here they are, the bad guys are the white guys and it's the, you know, the, the, the rebels are who we are cheering for and it's anti-American, et cetera, et cetera. Does anybody, did anybody react uh, like that when they saw the movie? Nah, no. didn't even think about it. Yeah, I, no. I was glad there was a... a uh... Uh, cast that featured all people of color and women considering all of the other movies didn't it's a big universe out there so why not show some diversity i have no problem with that first and foremost the story was great and they cast incredible actors in these roles so i i think it's great and it inspires a whole new generation of kids who look like those heroes and and um it, it it will do nothing but but good things. My nephew's nine, and I saw the movie with him, and he's a, a little white boy. And and not once did he say, "Gee, Uncle Mike, I sure wish there was a white man in this movie as one of the heroes." I feel left out. No, he said this movie was great, and that's and and that's it. That's what matters. Well, um, but it but it's awesome that there's diversity in it, without a doubt. To what Brian said earlier too about it being too many characters, I, I do agree. That was with me, that. man. You saw. Right, I'm sorry. Eugene said, uh, you know, I think that if they could have scaled it back a little bit, they could have given a little bit more backstory. You know, having come off watching Force Awakens, where you got a sense of why Finn turned against the Empire and did the things he did. Okay, Bodhi, who's a pilot, was a defector from the Empire, but you really didn't know why he defected. They seem to have a little more backstory for all the characters except the ones that got the most screen time. I kind of yeah. think the movie just should have been a, should have been about uh, the dude with the stick, the blind guy. Uh, what is he? IP I am, man. I am one with the force. The force that, is with me. that guy. That guy was great, and his yeah, buddy. He was awesome. His was buddy with the. One. The, the whole movie just should have been known. KUS, though, was awesome. The droid. The droid was amazing. I thought he was... I, I loved him. I thought he was funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually sad. Out of all the characters that died, I felt bad because he died. So <laughs> I think they shouldn't have killed him off. They could have brought him back for another movie. I, I loved so that everybody died. I loved it. It shows, <laughs> it shows how how brutal the Empire was and, and that in war, not everybody survives. And the way the droid died, again, was, was horrifying. That was such a terrible way to go. He just got constantly shot at by stormtroopers that that hit things in, in this movie. So they must have really degraded between uh, this one and episode four. I I didn't care that anyone died because I didn't care about him really. So that was the other problem. I mean, again, I like the movie, but I don't know. Yeah, what about, uh, there's one thing I, I want to, one thing I want to ask you guys, because uh, I, I started to bring it up. Forrest Whitaker plays, like he's Star from Battle. Oh, yeah. right. I was going to I name. thought he was one of the weakest links. I And I, again, talking back earlier about the reshoots, you know, they say that his parts were extensively reshot, and if you looked at the trailers, what he was saying, what he was doing, yeah. you know, and I don't get why someone who's been fighting the fight and being the man for all these years just said, you know what, get off the planet, I'll stay here as the boulders okay. come flying at me. But he imprisons and, the rebels. It's like, right. you know, that I well, was, I, I, I was really confused I get it by him. Why he 
he just he's been doing this rebellion thing for so long i think he just he just had it he was tired of living and um the fact that he imprisoned the rebels is that he didn't know that they were rebels he needed to find out who they were at first It, it breeds paranoia uh being in this in this rebellion if if anything though if it truly was a star wars movie though he would have came back at the end and saved the day the, the one scene they should have omitted in the entire movie was that giant fat squid thing or whatever thing, the hell I agree. it was. Yep. That scene you. was just stupid. Well, I didn't get the, and that's the, one I guess, reason why I don't give it a five. I was thrown off. Like I could not the movie in my mind, I just couldn't get back into it. It couldn't recover you know, from the music. And then they I thought Forrest Whitaker is gonna be like a main character and they make him this big thing. I have no idea about his backstory, his character's Backstory. And I thought Forrest Whitaker was great in it, but then yeah, all the. I can watch Attack of the Clone, oh. uh, the uh, Car- Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna watch a cartoon, Glenn. I know, I'm but then uh, the then, uh, but I did watch the Killing Joke. I thought that was the worst thing I saw uh, in <laughs> yeah, was years, bad. years. That was, that terrible. was terrible. Comic was great. Cartoon uh, was horrible. Oh, uh, I heard even the, the the guy who wrote the comic has has said it's terrible. But yeah. the uh, but then they just like yeah, they just I just felt like they had wasted a good thirty minutes of the movie. Because none of that mattered. It was just like all that, the, all right. that whole, the, the, the whole part of the movie was just to show that the Death Star. It's we're not quite blowing up the worked. planet yet. We're just blowing up little cities. It's like why couldn't they just done that in five minutes? Why did I need all that Forrest Whitaker stuff? Well, it it brought the the Rogue One squad together, so maybe that's why. And, and it kind of gave a little bit of Jin's backstory. Did anybody but, else? Um, uh, did anybody else? Well, I thought he like, why was he wasn't necessary to her backstory. I just found him to be like an, a fluff character. Did anybody think of Dennis Hopper in uh, in Blue Velvet with the? I, I far- was just going to say that. I was what just was going to say that. What was his? What he is asthma? What was that about? I think he's he's a parallel to Darth Vader. Oh uh, no, he. If if I may, but in in his duelings with Darth Vader, at one point Vader slices his legs off and injures him. And the, the what you see is what's left of him after having dueled Vader. Is that one of the books? It's it's in one. I believe it's in Catalyst. Okay. The, uh, yeah, but yeah, the 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 injuries that he sustained were from a, a run in with. And Vader. I know when Rebels returns the season, he's that character is going to be in. I think the premiere of Rebels when it comes yes. back. And right. maybe this is why I don't think that wrote this movie was that great because I didn't read every damn book. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I just want to say too a couple a couple things I liked. Uh, I thought for cameos, if you will, you know, again we talked earlier about the the red leader, the gold leader in it, uh, the the two thugs, uh, Pod uh, Panda and uh, I can't remember the other guy's names from the cantina scene yep. in the New oh, Hope. Yeah, they bumped yeah. into them on you know, all right, that was kind of funny. Uh, for the Star Wars Rebels fans, Chopper is uh, in the base on Yavin yep. 4, and the Ghost is actually fighting in the battle. And the Ghost uh, is from Rebels. Yes, from from uh, from Rebels 2. The and ship. they actually call out um, one of the characters' name as a general. Right, and in the, well in, the, in the show in Ghost, she's not that far yet. Assuming it's her, it could also have been her father. But that right. I thought some of those tie-ins were good. You know, Obviously, my, my other love of my life, my parent company, Walt Disney there, is uh is involved so they try to link it together because it sells the most toys but uh i i thought adding those two guys in you know the scene just where they bumped into each other to show that you know they've always been like that well it was was kind of a, a good cameo oh and so yeah dave you just let's 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 talk about one more topic quickly and then we'll call it a night uh toys i was looking it was, it's december 27th you know where we just got done with christmas uh and i was looking for toys rogue one toys to get my my son 
And I, I don't know. If, I don't know if like Glenn is going in and buying all the toys everywhere because there's just nothing. <laughs> no, I haven't like, bought one of them. Glenn, I mean, uh, my my son got like a million of these like crappy die cast like little Millennium Falcon type things that you're supposed to put on your finger. They're just it was obviously like just the junk that was left. What are like what are the uh, toys people I mean, are from going what I've for? Because I do like to look at them online, but I I don't I haven't collected in years. But Wild it doesn't naked. look like they put out as much stuff for Rogue One. A fraction of a fraction of what was out for Force Awakens. I mean, they do they do have like the twelve inch action figures, and I think there's a smaller action figures, you know. But yeah, it's it, they didn't go crazy like they did for the previous movie. Glenn, what t-shirt think, are you wearing? What's that? What t-shirt Hannibal are you Lecter. wearing? Oh, oh Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. all right, Dave. Sorry, go ahead. No, I I agree. I agree. I don't think they put out as many toys, uh, but I think. I, I would think, too, part of the reasoning is, you know, we knew the characters from The Force Awakens. You know, we, we were waiting to see the, the, the characters come back. And the, so you had a little bit more recognition. Uh, the ships are out there, you know, the X-Wings, the TIE Fighters. You know, they, uh, some of the, the diehard Star Wars fans have been complaining because you introduced new stormtroopers, new ships that weren't in oh, the, the original series. The Black Stormtroopers were awesome. The, the Death Troopers, yeah. Oh, those and, um, awesome. But you know the the those are probably the most popular selling toy is the the Death Troopers, but I, I would agree that you did not see the toys that you saw in the previous uh, for the, for the Force Awakens. And the other thing with the I did not see in the Force Awakens and it was sorely missed a lightsaber. Well, it wasn't supposed to be about. Jedi. I know, but come on. The closest we get was um, the the monk you IP know. man. Well, Vader <laughs> had a lightsaber. That's true. Vader, had, yeah. All right, so wait, count I, that scene. I said that would be the last. Off, what's Eugene the IP man? Father. Wait, what's wait what? Mike as an uncle, huh? Brian as an uncle. You have to take your niece's nephew's son down to. This is my endorsement. Times Square has a Regal oh, Cinema great. where you can see Rogue One in 4DX. And you're like, well, what the hell is 4DX? It is probably the most amazing experience <laughs> that you'll ever see as a movie. You sit in the seats. The seats physically move as you're jetting around. As the, you know, in the X-Wing fighter, you feel the wind on you. When they're on the planet, when it's raining, it rains on you. When there's explosion, there's poofs what? of fog that come up. When the laser blasts are firing past you, you feel puffs of air shoot past your head. It is phenomenal. It's a full, and it's in 3D. It's a full, four, four-dimensional sight, touch, sound, smell, um, experience for Rogue One. It's absolutely made $30 a ticket. It's one of the best movie experiences I've ever seen. It's like going to a theme park and watching the movie. I will never do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'll do? It's phenomenal. I'll take my niece down the street on her bicycle and we'll go, hey, we'll go have fun. Yeah, Glenn, get out. Go into the woods, man. Yeah. Yeah, when it rains out, Glenn, just go outside. Yeah, yeah. what do you do? What do you do when you're sitting there in the movie theater now you're, you're soaking now, wet? You know, if anybody that knows me hate knows that I hate going to the city. So for me to see that in the city, you know it was that good. Times Square has certainly changed. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it. it. You know, it's 10 o'clock, and uh, you guys got lives to live. So I want to thank you all for uh, for being on, and uh, we'll see you next time on this here podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Take it easy, Later. guys. Thank Thanks. you.